It's to tell the righteous, it'll be well with them, for they'll eat the fruit of their deeds. Now that might make you excited, but it gets me excited. Why? Because you think you're righteous? No, because I know I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I knew before I was a rank sinner, there's no good thing that dwelled in this body. But thank God Christ Jesus now lives in my heart. And behold, all the old things have passed away. Everything began brand new. Come on, somebody. If we just did this communion thing, it wasn't a religious exercise. It was, I believe that Jesus died for me. How about you? Come on, somebody. I believe his blood was shed for me. I believe his blood is sufficient. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But there is a perfect one living on the inside of me and living on the inside of you. And his name is Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. And he's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords, despite who's president, despite who's ruler, despite what's going on. God's still on the throne. And I'm telling you, that angel's getting ready to lick his lips to blow that trumpet. And Jesus is going to come back for a spotless church, a church without wrinkle and blemish, a church full of imperfect perfect people, but realize they've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Realize it's no longer about me. Like the apostle Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ that liveth it. Come on, somebody. But Christ who liveth in me. I have a hope on the inside. You have a hope on the inside. There's life-giving force that lives on the inside of you, and his name is Christ. Come on, somebody. His name is Christ Jesus the Lord. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you and it'll quicken your mortal body that means he'll strengthen you he'll give you a new grace his favors upon you come on somebody you'll be able to walk through things like everybody else and not look like everybody else you'll be able to go through hell and just keep moving while your eyes are fixed on the author and the perfecter of your faith his name is Christ Jesus the Bible says God is not a man that he should be mocked not a man that he should lie come on somebody oh I'm preaching better than you're saying amen I'll drop this microphone and preach without it. Come on. You realize God literally lives on the inside of you. That God literally lives on the... Just just close your eyes. Picture this for a second. That the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke this thing into existence, lives on the inside of you. Calls you son. Calls you daughter. Come on, somebody. That literally gave his son... For your sins. Literally gave his son for your sickness. Literally gave his son for everything you ever need, want, or desire in this life. And made a way was there was no way. I'm telling you, if I quit preaching right there, you heard enough gospel today to change your life. Oh man, I said you heard enough gospel right there to change your life forever. That's where I get the revelation from. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by what the Word of God says. Come on. I'm moved by what the Word of God says. Do me a favor back there and uh, put up Numbers 23 and verse 19. (laughs) God is not a man, so he does not lie. Amen? should say God's not a politician, so he doesn't lie. (laughs) See, if you're awake out there, come on, somebody. He's not a human, so he does not change his mind. Somebody say, praise God. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Oh, man. The King James says, has he spoken it, will he also not perform it? Come on, somebody. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Now, hold on a second. Back up one. I want you just to fix your eyes on that a second. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? The answer is clearly no. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? If you get nothing else that I say today, nothing else out of the service, get that in your Bible. That's Numbers 23, 19. That God's not a man. He don't lie. Come on, somebody. He's not a human. He doesn't change his mind. In other words, has he ever spoken, failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried through? In other words, God is faithful even when we're faithless. In other words, despite what's going on around you, despite what happens Tuesday, despite anything in this lifetime, God's still on the throne. God's still on the throne. God's not a liar. Come on, I told you God's not a politician. Come on. Praise God is right. 
has he not spoken? Will he also not perform it? Has he not spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? If nothing else sets you up for success in life, this one verse will. Oh, man. I feel like I'm preaching in the morgue tonight. Come on. If nothing else sets you up for success in life, that one verse will change your life forever. Knowing that you have a Father in heaven who you now have access to that you can go to anytime because of the blood of Jesus. You don't have to go to a priest. Oh, baby. I'm up in that Catholic theology before we're out today. <laughs> I'm teasing. You don't have to go to a confession booth. Nothing wrong with that stuff. But you can go directly to God the Father yourself. Because Jesus' blood made access that you now, the Bible says, you could come boldly before the throne room of grace. Come on, somebody. That means anytime you need him, you could dial up. They used to sing about the royal telephone. Telephone to glory. Come on, tell him what you want. Telephone. Some of you guys remember this. They were like way older than me. Like, how do you know that stuff? Ever be with Brother Ted? You'll learn it all like that. Amen. <laughs> you know how to play that song. Brother, that song was 70 years before I was a thought in anybody's mind. Amen. But we learn real quick. Come on, somebody. Quick learner. Come on. You have a God in heaven that you have access to who's not a liar. Jesus. You know what I found out? You take out all the religion and just find out who God really is, and your life will change like that. You know what my life really changed? When I stopped believing everything people told me about God and experienced God for myself. You know, I found out he don't say sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe. I find out his promises are yes and amen. I find out I could talk to him just like I'm talking to you or talk to my wife, talk to anybody else, that God will just get down on our level. Come on, in fact, he went beneath our level and sent his son to die for us. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. But what I found out is there's a father in heaven who loves me, who's faithful, who cannot lie. Come on, somebody. And if I can find it in his word, I can stand on that thing. It'll change situations. It'll change circumstances. It'll change people. Come on, somebody. It'll change me. It'll change my thought process, the way I speak the way I act, it'll change everything about you and cause you to live outside yourself because you realize you have a Father in heaven now who loves you. The Bible says plans to prosper you and never to harm you. Well, the context of that. Yeah, let me tell you about the context of Jeremiah 29 where his people were sent off into captivity. And he called a boy named Nehemiah who was serving in the, in the king's palace who were under wicked rule. And he was so afraid for his life to go to the king and ask to go restore the walls in Jerusalem, to rebuild the city. Come on, somebody. But he knew he had a God who couldn't lie. He knew he had a God who was faithful. Been through some stuff? Yeah. But when you realize you have God on the inside of you, well, God doesn't feel very near to me. He's about 12 inches down from your mouth. Come on, somebody. Some of us a little more than others. Come on. Living right here. Come on. As real as you and I are standing here today, Jesus Christ is dwelling in you. And you have a Father who cannot lie. His word, you realize, can't return to him void. Do you understand him? He says in Jeremiah 1, he's watching over his word to perform it in the lives of his children. Oh, boy. You realize, he says in Isaiah 55, he reiterates the same thing. So if you have God's word, God lives in you. You've been empowered by his spirit. What in the world could take you out? <laughs> oh, man. What in the world are you so depressed about? You know, I, we, we deal with death quite a bit in this profession. Buried babies to the grave, you know, and literally. And I don't like it. It's not that you ever get used to it. But when a friend of mine passed this week, I just had a hard time swallowing that. And, and I've had a lot of friends passing, different things happen. But what I realized is our hope can never be so grounded in this world and what's going on around us that we forget about people that are hurting to our right and our left. If I've seen one thing 2020, it's, it, it's, this world's distracted, man. Even the political thing, as great as all that is or whatever, if you're not careful, you can get so caught up in it, it distracts you from what God's trying to say to you. Because the devil can't get you off course, he'll try and get you distracted. 
Oh, boy, I'm preaching better than y'all are saying amen. I'm going to get a big horn in here like an air horn and just start blowing it, waking people up. Amen. Come on. If he can't get you off course, he'll try and get you distracted with everything else that's going on around you. But we have to be people that say, look, in the midst of COVID-19 or whatever is going on, in the midst of a, a crazy election, probably the craziest we've ever seen, and it looks at the world like rioting, looting, all this crazy stuff that's going on out there, my hope is not in this world. My hope is not in what's going on to my right or my left. My hope is in my Father in heaven. And what I find out in Numbers 23, 19 is God is not a man, so he cannot lie. He's not a human. He doesn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? In other words, I have a faithful Father in heaven who's on time 100% of the time. Come on, somebody. His will is perfect. His ways are perfect. There is no... Watch. Go ahead, give God praise. It says this. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights whose there is no shadow of turning or variance in thee. In other words, no matter what, God's still on the throne. The greatest faith you could ever have is entering the labor of rest. Oh, man. I'm not talking, you know, taking a nap, although Jesus did that on a boat one time. Disciples saw the world was going to hell. He's taking a nap. Come on, am I telling the truth? Over there at Mark 4. But he spoke just before that. I'll see you when we get to the other side. He's not a man. He should lie. Has he not spoken? Will he also not perform it? It might look dark. It might look like the wind is, is whipping at you and all this stuff's going on. But what I found out is our faith is not in what's going on. Our faith is in who, him who is always faithful. Always. Put that back up there, Scripture. I'm not done there yet. Thank you. Uh, next verse. Thank you, sir. Listen, I received a command to bless, and God has blessed. Oh, that's shouting ground right there in the household of faith. I don't know if you know what's going on in the context of this, but let me just give it to you real quick. They literally hired a prophet to come, when he's shaking her head because she knows what I'm talking about, to come against Israel and the children of God. Because everything they'd thrown at them, they couldn't get them off course. Oh, now it's clicking in some of our heads. In other words, everything the devil has tried to bring against you and against your household, the answer to that was just in the verse before. Come on, somebody. That God's not a man that he should lie. I, I'm not, you know, this isn't going to be the thing that's going to take me out or take me down. I'm not operating in fear. I'm going to move over into faith because perfect faith casts out all fear. I know it says perfect love, but love and faith work like this. Come on, somebody. In other words, I get moved over into faith, and all the fear has to go running out the door. Oh, man. Go ahead, put it up there. Listen, I received a command to bless, and God has blessed. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Oh, baby. When you believe the words you say. Come on, am I in the Pentecostal church or am I in the Pentecostal morgue? Y'all got an extra hour. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I said, look, I received a command to bless and God's blessed. You know what I find out about anything I'll ever do in this life? If God has blessed it, it don't matter who tries to curse it. It don't matter who's against you. It don't matter who rejects you or tries to walk out on you or what's going on around you. And when God has blessed you, you are blessed. When God puts his hand upon it, nobody else can move it. It don't matter. It, look, I probably shouldn't say this on camera, but whatever. When I start dealing with some nonsense in Honesdale, I let this man go up and down us. You ask Gary. I just stood there and didn't say a word. Let him go up and down dealing with his nonsense and throwing his weight around, if I say it like that. And he says, you'll never have a church here. And if you do, it'll be over my dead body. I said, sir, you probably don't want to say that. He said, is that a threat? I said, no, 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 I'm not Italian like that, amen? Come on, somebody. Talk about the boss of the boss here, you know what I mean? I said, I didn't tell you like that. I said, sir, this ain't about me. I said, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. But these buildings belong to God. And God has a plan to put a church here. 
And I'm just telling you, <laughs> you probably don't want to get on the wrong side of God. There's this whole book with a whole bunch of people that tried that. Didn't end too well. He looked at me. You really believe that BS? I said, I didn't say it. I just said what he said. Amen? Don't. I said, yeah, I do. Cover to cover. I said, I don't want to believe it. I can prove it's true. Come on. See, it's different. That's not arrogance. It's confidence. But when you know who your God is and that your God can't lie and that your God will do exactly what he said he'll do, it's why I challenged that Muslim that day in the gun shop. And I said, I'll bow down and kiss the feet of Allah, Muhammad, whatever you're into. I said, if you go get the sickest, oh, some of y'all eyebrows are raising, waking up now. See, also takes a couple, like, interesting statements, and all of a sudden, eyes just come open, eyebrows go up. Did he say he would? Let me finish what I said. Before your eyebrow goes running crazy on us, amen? Called a plastic surgeon to fix that thing, amen? Okay to laugh, amen? Now y'all got me jacked up. <laughs> I was in a gun shop, a Muslim guy, a friend of my own's a gun shop. We were there, whatever. Muslim guy says, you know, he's, he says, he's a preacher. I wish, you know, why you got to tell people stuff like that? Because they get preconceived ideas, you know what I mean? Because there's good and bad in every profession. Oh, boy. Let me pause there just for a quick second. There's good and bad in every profession. People say, hey, preachers are bad. Yeah, you keep going to doctors. There's some bad doctors out there, too. There's some rip-off attorneys. Oh, baby, I knew that would get them going. Some of y'all met some of these doctors and attorneys, amen? There's good and bad in every profession. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, amen? I personally don't plan on throwing the babies out at all, but that's a different... That was my only political joke of the day. Just went over all your heads, but that's okay, Amen. I said, find the sickest person you can. I don't care if they're in a wheelchair, stricken with cancer, whatever. I said, bring them here. I said, I'll lay hands on them. They get healed. You serve my God. You pray for them. Works out for you. My God doesn't heal them. I'll get down on that mat, do whatever you guys do a few times a day. Didn't take me up on it. You know why? Because in their head, it's a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. Oh, baby. Here's what I know. I have a God in heaven who cannot lie. We shouldn't test God like that. Well, there was a prophet in the Old Testament did such a thing against 450 prophets. And he taunted them worse than I did. Some of you thought what I just said was bad. You read it in the King James. Some of you all read it in the King James. It said, he says to them, maybe your God's relieving himself. Am I telling the truth, King James Bible people? Come on. Maybe he's using the bathroom. He's not answering. And then all of a sudden, he calls on the one true living God. Whew. He says, in fact, dump water on top of that thing. I don't only want him to consume it. I want you to soak it with water first so they can't see anybody flick the cigarette on it. Come on, somebody. I want you to soak that thing in water. It's to the point of it can't be consumed by fire. God's only going to do the impossible. I want you to take it even further to prove that outside of him it couldn't be done. Do you understand sometimes in your life there's stuff that goes on, but watch, outside of God it couldn't be done. Sometimes it's a setup for a testimony in your life where other people look at you and say, there's no way you could have made it out of that thing. There's no way you could have come through that. You should have been dead. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all can attest to this stuff. You, you should, what do you mean you got healed? People don't get better from that condition. Oh, you're right, they don't. But my God is in heaven. Come on, somebody. He's still a healer. He cannot, his word can't return to him void. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. That we have a one true living God that we have access to because of the blood of Jesus. And now that we have this access, watch this. You could call on him any time. And his number's not even 8765309 or whatever it was. You could call on God any time. Because why? Because Jesus' blood made a way where there was no way. But watch this. The way to access heaven, the way to access God is like this. Through faith. 
It's through faith that God isn't a liar. It's through, well, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm throwing a holy Hail Mary in the air and maybe somebody will catch it. Maybe an angel intercepts it and makes it to heaven. No, it's I have a confidence that when I speak, God hears what I say. Come on, somebody. That when I speak, it goes directly to the throne, right to the ears of God. Come on. And I have this confidence in who I am. No, in who my Christ is on the inside of me. That he cannot fail. That my Father is in heaven. Come on. Heaven's now my home. I know when I check out of this place, don't be sad at my funeral. Looking around the crowd, I'll probably outlive everybody here. But don't be sad at my funeral. I'm teasing. Just a joke. Just a joke. I'm going for the 120. That's why I say that. Amen? If the Lord should tarry. (laughs) Don't say, oh, he's, he's that. He's, I'm going to be in heaven. I have a confidence. I know where I'm going. Oh, man. You have this confidence, too. Come on. And In fact, what are we doing here, if not? What's the point of coming to church, if not? Look, I'm one of these people, like, it's either black or it's white. There's no gray in between area. Ask some of these people to spend time around me. Like, oh, yeah, it's definitely one side or the other. I'm not like, you know... Let's stick our foot in over here and do some of this and take them around. No, no, no. Either this thing's true or it's not. Either Jesus is 100% truth or he's the most damnable liar that ever lived. Either that word is true, cover to cover. I, well, some of it's allegorical. Some of it's poetical. No, you could take that stuff and never mind. I believe it's 100% truth, cover to cover. I believe and I have this confidence that my God's in heaven, that your God is in heaven. Put it up up there, 20, Rome, uh, Numbers 23, 19. That God's not a man, so he does not lie. That he's not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received the command to bless, and God has blessed. This is what the prophet, who they tried to hire to speak against God's children, said, I can't reverse it. Oh, man. It gets me excited. Come on, that ought to get you excited too. Literally, this is the prophet speaking that they hired to curse the children of God, and he says, I can't reverse it. I've tried all my magic, I've tried all my spells, I did you know, this and that and witch doctor and all this nonsense, and I can't reverse what their God has done for them. Their God has blessed them and they're blessed. I tried to reverse it, I've tried everything I know, tried every way I could, and I cannot get the hand of God off of their lives. I'm telling you, if you take this by faith, it's the same thing for you. It don't matter who tries to curse you, it don't matter who tries to come against you, it don't matter who tries to take you out. If the hand of God is upon you and God's blessing is with you, you'll go from faith to faith, victory to victory, glory to glory, mountaintop, mountaintop, I don't care how you want to say it, when God has blessed you, you are blessed. He says, I can't reverse it. And you can just see God up in heaven, ha ha, ha ha, come on, I told you something before he laughs at his enemies. This joker thinks he's going to undo what I said, come on. This buster's out there doing his, you know, rain dance and probably got all kinds of goofy garb on. You know what I mean? You ever been to Africa, you see some of these witch doctors doing all this stuff. And he says, I've tried everything I can, and I cannot reverse the blessing of God on their lives. You realize the devil could try all he wants to try, but he can't reverse what God's done in your life? Oh, baby. I'm telling you, I found out over there in Colossians 2.15 where it says Jesus made a show of him publicly, disarming him. Come on, somebody. Made an open show of him. You understand? In the end of time, it tells us in Revelation that the curtain will be pulled back and literally the devil will look at him and people will say, he's the one? He's the one who harassed the nations? That pipsqueak? Come on. That little fool right there, he's the one that afflicted me? I could have punted that midget like a football. Come on, somebody. He's the one? This is what the Bible says. Read in Revelation. And it says, God will take him and throw his sorry tail in the lake of fire. That's my translation. Amen. He's the one? But when you get a revelation that Christ disarmed him in all of his power once and for all. Come on. So I had a writer said, oh, death, where's your sting? Come on, where is it? What's the worst thing that happens? We die? We have a compass. We're going to heaven. That's where you produce Christians like the Apostle Paul. 
live with Christ, die is gain. Throw me in jail. I'm going to sing my way out of here. Come on. In fact, even earlier this year, in certain areas where they threatened preachers, and some, some places they arrested preachers. Preacher, it's a dear friend of my father's for preaching. And then you see a whole bunch of other people that say they're called to God to do this, that, and the other. Where were they? Because what, you got a threat? You shouldn't be preaching? That's all the devil had to do is threaten you? And your calling's over with? Let me ask you this. That dream that God's given you, that idea, that invention, that business, whatever it might be, are you going to give up on that thing, the first wind of adversity that comes your way? Oh, man, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Are you going to quit? You know, this year for me, I'll be honest with you, it's been one of the greatest years of blessing I've ever experienced in my life, but it's also been one of the greatest years of challenges I've ever experienced. I told Dad the other day, I said, man, I feel like ever since I messed with Honesdale, by messing, I mean going and doing what we're doing. I said, it's like hell has come at us with full force from every angle. You see me discouraged? You see me walking in here with a puss on my face, wondering how I'm going to get out of this thing? Your mama. <laughs> I come in smiling day by day. It's the same reason I told that guy. He's over my dead body, so you better watch what you say. Oh, man. You can't stop what God has blessed. Oh, the blessing's on this boy. Some of y'all been around me. It's definitely on his life. I know, not because who I am, but because who my God is. I'm just crazy enough to believe what he says. For me, like, I'm like, if we're going to do this thing, you might as well believe it. So I like that song we sang last week. If you said it, we believe it. You're a man of your word. If it says it in his word, why are you trusting more in the world system and in what's going on around you and everything else than you are in God's word? Because ultimately, you're putting faith in something. Watch. If I'm going to sit down in this chair, right? I have faith this chair is going to hold me up. Come on. I don't think about it. I just sit in it. Oh, boy. I don't think about it. I just sit down in this chair. Why? Because I have a belief that this chair is going to hold my rear end. Or don't sit in it. Stand all day. I don't care. But you have a belief system that when you sit in a chair, the chair is going to hold you up. Whew. I had a belief system when I got in the car this morning and I turned the key, it was going to start. Maybe you drove here in a car and need a little more faith to start. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, I didn't think about it. I just think when I stick that key in the ignition, it's going to go. It ain't a hoopty. Come on, somebody. Or you go or whatever they used to. What was the one that looked like an upside down whistle? The uh, Dodge Omni. Remember that car? Never mind. <laughs> You have a belief system in something. Why do you go to the doctor? Why go see an attorney? I, I, I can do this all day, literally. I won't because we've got another service. They won't let me do that, amen? But here's my thing. Everybody has faith in something. Oh, man. Watch this. You, you go to work in the morning, right? Or you should. Say you work 40 hours this week, right? most normal people, overtime, whatever. You expect to get a check. You have a belief system that if you go out and work so many hours that on Friday or every other week, however it works out, that there's a paycheck coming your way. I'm trying to like make this as understandable as I can. Faith is the same exact way. Accessing all God has is the same exact way. It's literally, I just believe you are who you said you are. I just believe you'll do what you said you're going to do. It's no more than that. It's no less than that. I know it sounds overly simplistic, but that's what it is. For far too long, preachers have made this thing far too complicated. Oh, man. It's so easy that you can literally just call on God. You can literally, I mean, think about this. Salvation itself is kind of a weird thing. Oh, boy. There's some looks. You realize 
we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth and we're saved. That we're on our way to heaven now. You believe that? It's a bit of an abstract idea. But because of that belief system we have, we now have faith to believe that we're now going to heaven because of what Jesus did for us. It's the same way if you're dealing with sickness in your body, you can believe that Christ is healer. You can reach out to the one whose name they used to call Jehovah Rapha, my God who heals me of all my disease, of every sickness. Oh boy. I had somebody say to me one time, well, you're young. Where do you deal with stuff when you get to my age? I said, I won't. I said, I've been through stuff. I've been through blood transfusions. Dealt with precancerous stuff in my blood. All kinds of stuff. And never once did I come out to the church and say, blah, 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 all this stuff. No, we just stood on the word of God and believed God, and God just healed you just like that. And you didn't have to talk about your problem and talk about what's going on. You can go to places like Numbers 23, 19. Oh, man. A couple of y'all are catching this. Go to Numbers 29, 13 and say, 23, 19 and say, I have a God who can't lie. So, Father, you said you can't lie. I didn't say that. Oh, man. Take him at his word. Hey, David leveraged his word to him. Oh, boy. I'm really like upending all kinds of theology today. I love this. You realize David would say stuff to God, like when he's on a run for his life. But God, if they kill me, who's going to praise you? (laughs) Old boy is leveraging for his life. Come on. Come on, you read it all through Psalms. But God, if they kill me, then who will give you the highest praise? He wasn't dummy. Boy, was smart. Come on, somebody. In other words, he was taking God at his word and getting God to act on his behalf. I know it's, it's such a foreign concept of doing this stuff, but I'm telling you, if we would operate in this, we would experience the blessing of God on our lives in such a way that it's undeniable to unbelievers. It's undeniable to people around us. My friend Joe, that passed this week. Man, I love that guy. I really did. He struggles, yeah, man. Everybody's got their stuff, whatever. But you know what? He has such a heart for helping people. Such a heart for, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've sent single moms over to him and just put brand new tires in their vehicle. Take care of orphans, all this stuff. Look, I'm not talking about him, but what I'm talking about is he had got a revelation of living beyond himself. Struggles, yeah, different things, absolutely. But here's the thing. He's telling me all the time. He said, you know what I like about you? He said, I watch you on TV in the morning time. He goes, I feel like after listening to you, I could just do anything. Now, if I can't get a church full of Christians to believe that, but I get an unbeliever to believe that, I'm doing all right. Oh, man. I'm not so curious, you know, concerned about the religious. I'm talking about people who aren't saved. Whew. You see, you know what I like about you? You see, you're like a cat, man. He used to say stuff to me all the time. I said, I don't like cats. <laughs> you just have to know how he was. He said, you're like a cat, man. He said, they could throw you off a roof, and nine times out of nine, you landing on your feet. He said, you could be busted broke in six months, you'll be back on top again. You know why? Because he saw the blessing of God upon my life. He knew some of the stuff I dealt with. He knew me before I, I got saved or really got involved with Christ. And he knew there was something totally undeniably different about my life. He told me multiple times, he said, Tyler, I want what you have. The world ought to want what we have because who our God is. I'm not talking about, you know, some sort of weird thing. I'm talking about we're not moved in the face of trouble. I'm talking about we can weather things that other people weather and we're not moved like other people are moved. I'm talking about we don't live life in the rearview mirror. We look forward to this confidence we have. When you get a revelation of that, it'll change your life. Now, some folks are going to hate you for it. I said, some folks will hate you for it. Look at Joseph. Old boy should have never told his brothers about that dream. 
God gave me a dream. You're going to bow to me. Oh, yeah, you're going to bow to the pit, boy. Come on, am I telling the truth? Because there's a testing process sometimes in our faith. Ooh, we don't like to test. I said we don't like to test. Sometimes there's a test of rejection. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on, be honest. If you're going to be anywhere, be honest in God's house. Have you ever been rejected in life? Come on. Well, you're still here, so you must have passed the test. Sometimes there's a test of our integrity. Oh, remember Joseph? He gets sold into slavery. Potiphar buys him. I love it because the word says, as long as Joseph was in Potiphar's house, everything continued to prosper. In other words, no matter where you go in life, no matter what life tries to take you through, when you have your confidence and are rooted in who your God is and what God's called you to and stay committed to the dream God's given you, no matter where you go, not only will God bless you on your life, but the blessing will be so noticeable you get in other people's houses and say, the blessing's on your life. To the point of where Potiphar's wife tries to get a hold of old Joe. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all know your Bible. Am I telling the truth? She was the original desperate housewife. Come on. Come on. Am I telling the truth? It's true, though. 100%. And she tries to compromise his integrity. And he does what every good man should do when your integrity is compromised or is about to be. Run, baby, run. I think of that scene from Tommy Boy where he's running. You know what I mean? Just Forrest Gump run. I don't care whatever you're into. But sometimes it'll be a test of your integrity. And he passed that test. Then he goes to jail for something he didn't do. And I, I'm just crazy enough to believe Potiphar knew he didn't do it. Come on, he knew his wife was crazy. He's like, but if I don't side with her, she's going to kill me. Come on, somebody. All the men said... Come on, especially she's sitting next to you. You better say amen. Be a cold night on the couch, amen, northeastern Pennsylvania. <laughs> so Joseph lands himself in prison, meets two other guys in prison, right? And they make an agreement. One guy says, I'm here, but I'm innocent. Next guy says, well, I'm here, but I'm innocent too, like every good prisoner says, amen. I didn't do it. No, <laughs> they make an agreement. Hey, you get out of here. Remember me. Come on, am I telling the truth? I know it's a very paraphrased, paraphrased version, but I'm going through like 20 chapters of Scripture at once right now. Talk about the quickest preaching you've ever heard. Amen? <laughs> Gets out. Doesn't remember him. Place of isolation. Sometimes you got to pass the test of isolation. I don't like any of these tests, but they're a real thing. And he's in there by himself, wrongfully accused. And what happens? God speaks to him. Whew. Because sometimes when you get tested with things, it's like climbing the rungs of a ladder. Oh, man. You pass the rejection test, next thing you know, here comes the integrity test. You pass that test, here comes the test of isolation. Come on, somebody. But sometimes what looks like it's going to beat you down and break you down is the very place that God will bring you to where he can speak to you and use you mightily. And you can look at this thing and say, you know what? I still have this confidence. I still believe. Come on, somebody. I'm not quitting on the dream. I'm not quitting on what God's called me to do. I'm not giving up on the thing. If somebody says it's going to be over their dead body, I guess that's how it's got to be. But here's what I know, that my God is still in heaven, and my God cannot lie. That he, he's spoken it. He has to perform it. It's going to work for my good. Come on, somebody. And that's where your faith really kicks in. Faith doesn't kick in on, you know, well, it's Friday, and I'm about to punch out of work. Faith really kicks in sometimes when you're under test, when you're under the fire, come on, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you get thrown in the thing, but it can't even scorch one hair on your head, because your faith is rooted in your God, when you refuse not to bow to the things of this world, you refuse to not succumb to what's going on around you, you just stay focused and committed to what God's called you to do, and your eyes are fixed like flint on the thing, and you just start saying, and it's all right, 
Come on. Because that's what faith does. I'm just not sure if it's going to work. No, I have this confidence. That like Pastor Terry sings, all things are working for my good. Come on. All things. Every last one of them. Put scripture up there quickly for me. Back in Numbers 23. Uh, Next verse, please. So he says he couldn't reverse it. Listen, I received a command to bless. God's blessed. I cannot reverse it. Watch this. Yeah, 21. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. Oh, that's good news for you and I. Let me say, that's good news for you and I. (laughs) Oh, man. No misfortune is in his plan for your life. I said, there's no misfortune in his plan for your life. I don't understand all that. Read Galatians 3 and find out you're the seed of Abraham because of what Christ has done for you. There's no misfortune planned for your life. Pretty good, huh? No trouble is in store for Israel. Oh, man. I'm not talking replacement theology, but what I am saying here is there's no trouble for you and I either. Brother Shambach said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. How true. Built a ministry on that statement. One of the greatest preachers that went on to be with Jesus. No trouble is in store for Israel. Why am I preaching this text today? Because I prayed in the Holy Spirit, and this is what I felt the text God gave me to share with you today, to tell you this. No matter what happens Tuesday after the election, because either one guy's going to win or somebody's going to lose, even if they try and drag it on for weeks on end or whatever's going to take place, that God doesn't have any misfortune planned for your future. That God doesn't have any trouble planned for your future. You turn on the news, it's crazy. One one news station's telling you the world's going to hell in a handbasket. If President Trump gets reelected, I'm telling you right now, they're going to riot, loot. You haven't seen the beginning of it. They're going to burn the whole country to the ground. Not over on my street, they're not. I got holy angels and holy 45s. Amen. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all get that on the way home. Come on. No matter what the outcome is, instead of getting worked up about it, why not say, my God can't fail me? I have a word from heaven. He has to perform it. I have this confidence in who he is that there's no misfortune in his plan. Not one bit of it. There's no trouble in his plan for me. There's only goodness and mercy following me all the days of my life. I know I took some time to set this up, but I wanted you to really understand where I'm coming from. That you have a God in heaven who loves you, who has a covenant relationship with you. And watch this, when he spoke this to them, there was no blood covenant. Ooh, baby. This was just his word. They literally, his word was his bond. Still is. But watch this, we have a better covenant built on better promises because the blood of Jesus was shed for you and I. So in other words, because the blood of Jesus... This not only is this true because he said it, but we got a blood covenant. Etched in the blood of his precious son for you and me. I said etched in the blood of his precious son for you and me. I know a lot of people don't preach on the blood of Jesus anymore, but they probably ought to start again. Leave that be. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord, their God, is with them. Oh, this is all shouting ground, this stuff right here. The Lord, your God, is with you. He said he'd never leave you and never forsake you. (laughs) I was on a Zoom call with Jonathan last night. Said some stuff to me. It just, just love other people. Just encourage you in the faith. Amen? And he told me some truth tellers, some things I need to be doing. Amen? So we all need truth tellers in our life. Maybe you guys don't like truth tellers. I appreciate it. I'm also one of them, believe it or not. Just listen to my preaching, amen? But it says, the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. In other words, we've tried everything we could to take them out. Context of the scripture. We've tried everything we could to suppress them, to kill them, to do all this stuff to them. We even hired the best witch doctor we know to take them out. Come on, somebody. And he says, this is what I got. 
They got no misfortune. They got no trouble. Clearly, God is their king. I'm just crazy enough to believe as I begin to close. I say begin to because that's what preachers do. Amen. That not only can our God not lie, not only our God do what he said he's going to do, but he doesn't have any misfortune planned for us. He doesn't have any trouble planned for us. Watch this. And when the world sees how God has worked in your life, how God's healed your body, how God's brought back your wayward child, come on somebody, how God's done something, whatever you're believing for, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, in your mind, how, when the world sees what God has done for you, they'll say, clearly that boy has nothing but fortune. Clearly, they got no trouble at all. The Bible says the wicked will gnash their teeth at how God has blessed the righteous. Comes a point you got to pass that test of rejection, pass the test of integrity, but get to a place in your life where you say, I don't really care what people think. God's with me. God's for me. He's spoken it. He'll perform it. Watch this. There's no misfortune, past, present, or future. There's no trouble, Pastor. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Me too. You don't know what I've done. Me too. But thank God it tells us over in Ephesians 2, it goes on about how we were dead in our sins and trespasses and all this stuff going on, but it says, but God. Those two words that changed history, split history forever, but God. And the thing is this, I, I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody in this room or not, as long as you're living life in the rearview mirror, you can never move forward. Stop dwelling on what you weren't and what you should have been and how you could have been and instead start dwelling on who your God is and the plans he has for you and the plans of no misfortune and the plans of no trouble in store for you and the plans of he will do what he said he'll do. He cannot lie. All things are working for my good. Come on, somebody. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. He loves me. He has plans to prosper me and never to harm me. Though they could try to take me captive, he's bringing me out of captivity. He's filling my mouth with joy. Come on, you got to get to a place where your faith gets elevated and you start speaking what God's word says about about you and about your situation and about your circumstance and sometimes look hell right in the face and laugh. Sometimes you got to get over there in Luke 10, 19, where it says, I've called you to tread on serpents and scorpions, and by no means shall any evil harm you. Where you get over there in Psalm 91, he says, you'll tread on the lions and the adders. He's not talking about physical lions and adders. There's two types of lions in the Bible. He's talking about the one who walks like a lion without teeth. That's when you stomp on his ugly head. And then he talks about a greater one, the Lion of Judah. <sighs> Judah means praise. I said Judah means praise. In other words, to every real God has, there's a counterfeit. Oh, man. I said everything real God has, there's a counterfeit. The devil will try and counterfeit you to get you out of your purpose and out of your destiny and everything God's called you to do spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally. But if you get away from the counterfeit and say, no, no, that's, that's bull crap. Baby, I want the real thing. Come on. The Isley brothers used to sing it. <laughs> For God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. Next verse. God brought them out of Egypt. Remember that? For them, he is as strong as a wild ox. No, go back. Leave that there just a second. In other words, look back on what God's done for you. I said, look back on what God's done for you. The quickest way to get to the next thing God has for you is begin to praise God out of your mouth. Oh, God, I thank you. You took my son off drugs. God, I thank you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You delivered my business. God, I thank you. You got nothing else to say. Thank you for your salvation and your soul. God, I thank you. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. And you begin to be thankful out of your mouth and recount the things God's done for you. And watch this. Wicked people go, yeah, man, they came out of that thing. So there's a wicked man saying this. God brought him out of Egypt. Remember in Egypt? He tried every which way to not let them go. Then he finally said, I'll let them go, but all their stuff stays. Even after he said he let him go, he reneged on what he said, started chasing him down, and God drowned him in the Red Sea. Come on, somebody. 
I know I'm teaching a lot of Old Testament today, but it'll help you. God brought him out of Egypt. For them, he is as strong as a wild ox. Pretty good, huh? In other words, God will always be strong on your behalf. I said, God will always be strong on your behalf. Preaching better, we're saying amen. Next verse. No curse can touch Jacob. Interesting. Remember, I told you this guy was hired to curse them. In other words, no curse can touch them. No magic has any power over Israel or against Israel. For now, it'll be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. What you ought to do this week is just meditate on the scripture and believe in faith that people look at your life and say, man, everything in this world try to touch them and it can't touch them. Magic, no power against Israel. For now, it'll be said of Jacob what wonders God has done for Israel or what wonders God has done for you and for me. Come on. Next verse. Don't mind all the fanfare. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. Next one. We'll leave it off here. Then Balak said to Balaam, Fine, but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. Come on, that's pretty good. Literally, this guy they hired to take them out says, we've tried everything. Clearly, you can't curse these people. Clearly, you can't take them out. Watch this. COVID-19 couldn't take you out. Lockdown couldn't take you out. Come on. You're still here. There's still breath in your lungs. Look, I'm not negating that things happen to people, but God has clearly had his hand on your life for such a time as this. He's had a purpose and a destiny for you. Always has. He's waiting on us to get in with the thing. A plan for your life. He says, fine. <laughs> I love it. If you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. You, you know, you can really read the tone of how angry his voice is. That he's tried everything. Come on. Tried every way to curse them, tried every way to take them out, tried every way to get them off course and off of what God has for them and everything, tried to take you out, hit them from the right, the left, the front, the back, every which way, and he says, I can't curse what God has blessed. And he says, fine, if you can't curse them, at least don't bless them again, because we can't handle them getting any more of God's blessing on their life. We've tried every plan, tried everything, and the greatest of minds have tried to put together to take them out, but we cannot get them taken out. So at least don't bless them anymore, because if they get any more of God's blessing on them, come on, somebody, they're going to knock our heads off our shoulders altogether. My head's going to explode because I tried to frustrate them. I tried to take them out. I tried to do all this stuff, and I can't even get them to pay attention to me. So at least don't bless them anymore. Fine, you can't curse them. You can't do anything. I thought you were the best witch doctor in town. Come on, somebody. At least don't bless them anymore. It's real life. This is in your Bible. I tell you this, and we have a better covenant built on the blood of Jesus. There's a blessing of God on your life. <laughs> oh, baby. I said there's a blessing of God on your life that COVID-19 can't take out. Come on, somebody. That circumstances his life can't take out. As long as you're living with purpose and destiny in your life, you still have a reason to get up each day. I told my granddad that. Turned 90. Like two years ago, we were doing this commit initiative thing, and he wanted to give this thing up front. And I said, that's great. I said, but uh, I can't have you do that. Said, what do you mean? I said, no, you're going to make a daily pledge to do something for God. Because as long as you have something to do for God, God has an obligation to keep you here on this earth. Oh, baby. I said, as long as you've got something to do for God, God has an obligation to keep you in this earth. Pretty good. Ask my friends who think they retired. They hang around me. There's no retirement. Amen? Come on. Like the Energizer Bunner just keep going, going, going. No Red Bull even needed. Amen? Fine. If you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. I'll tell you this, there's a blessing of God for your life <laughs> that's sweeter than you could ever ask, imagine, or think. You know what I found out? Religion sucks. It really does. <laughs> but a true relationship with God will change you forever. It's my daughter. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I 
Lost track. Yeah, I know. I was teaching them they need to laugh. They don't listen. Amen. She knows about laughing. Her mom yells at her. She laughs at her mom. I said, I did not teach her that. Come on, somebody. She said, funny, she listens to you. I said, I didn't teach her that. 100% like her mother. Amen. Come on, somebody. Fine, if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. I declare and decree this. Everything in 2020 that's sent to come against your life. We got 60 days left of this year. 61 if you include today. I'll be 30 on December 30th. I'm pretty excited about it. I'll tell you this. Everything, though, that has sent to distract you, disrupt you, take you out, bring you down for the last time, every plan of the enemy. I'm telling you, if you meditate on the Scripture, yeah, I'll just say it. You meditate on the Scripture the next 61 days, starting today. I'll tell you this. You'll see about how your trouble's over before the year's out. Oh, that's a tough promise to make. I know what the Word says. I don't promise things He don't deliver on. I don't give people false hope, pump them up. I, I, I say what He says, and He does what He says. I don't know how more simple I can say it. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Meditate the, on this. And you'll see, December 31st, 2020, by midnight, we crack into 2021, how all this stuff you thought was trouble and was going to take you out was going to be the end of it. You'll see how it's all come to an end in Jesus' name. In fact, I believe you'll hold your testimony in your hand. People will look at you and say, look like they were cursed on every end, but clearly they're blessed by Almighty God. And you'll be able to say, just like David, look to the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Who's the maker of the heavens and the earth? Amen. I'm going to read you one passage and I'll let you go for real. <laughs> this, uh, I want to read it in the Passion Translation because I was reading it this morning and I love the way it says it in this. It's a really different take on Psalm 91, but I really like it. I had a friend of mine a few years ago who was leading an EOD uh, troop in Iraq. And I ran and all that, whatever was going on over there, wherever they were. And uh, he kept losing guys, left and right. And uh, it was really racking them, like it would anybody, amen? I said, like it would anybody? I was losing troops left and right. And uh, he called me. He said, Tyler, he said, everybody in my platoon, his troop, whatever, has either lost their life or everybody who's coming home is missing a limb, except for me. He said, how do I deal with this? I took him here to Psalm 91. Amen? And I told him, it's a friend of mine, I said, so-and-so, I said, if you'll stand on the Word of God and make those guys confess Psalm 91 out of their mouth every day. I sound like if you're doing your jumping jacks, doing whatever you guys are doing their base, get them confessing Psalm 91 over and over and over again. I said, you wait and see. I said, every attack of the enemy, which is what it was, Steal, kill, destroy, amen? I said, you guys will come home in perfect health, 100% of them. He said, Tyler, how can you be so sure? I said, because I know what the Word says. I said, what other option you got at this point? Come on, God's not a man he could lie. <laughs> Six months, he led that, that troop. New guys, obviously, come in, whatever. You know how many of them came home? 100%. How many limbs came home with them? 100%. This isn't some like fake, you know, mystic thing for me. This is the real deal. This is the Word of God. I believe it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, like it says in Hebrews 4. I believe God is who He said He is. I'm Tyler Drost. I approve this message. Amen? No, I believe believe His Word is 100% truth. And it works for you and me. It works for those who work it. Amen? Let me read you this. Uh, I don't even know if you guys have this back there. Uh, in the Passion Translation, Psalm 91. You don't? All right, I'll just read it. I know it's like brand new, but uh, Psalm 91. When you sit enthroned under this, the shadow of El Shaddai, the God of mourn enough, amen? You are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me, the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden 
trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusations and from any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. Pretty good so far. You'll never worry about an attack or any demonic forces at night, nor have to fear the spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing, my child. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger shall not trouble you. Nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, watch this, when thousands and thousands are being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. Oh, I read this this morning. I, I, I've had this Passion Translation for a while. I never read Psalm 91 in it. I read this morning. I was flying, man. Come on. I never heard it like this. Have you? I preached Psalm 91 up and down. I've never heard it said like this. I, I love, you got to get a hold of this. Even if it's just one chapter, Psalm 91, the Passion Translation. So good. It says, even in time of disaster, when thousands and thousands are being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they've done. Verse 9. When we live our lives within the shadow of the Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could the evil prevail against us or disease infect us? Pretty good, huh? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the, f the, firest, uh, the fiercest powers of darkness, <sighs> trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For he, here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure above before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray to me. And you will find and feel my presence. Even in your time of pressure and trouble, I will be there for you. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. <laughs> you will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation all the days of your life. Amen. Somebody give God some praise. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Nathan, I should have sent that to you earlier, but since the mics didn't work, we're even. Amen. <laughs> No, I, I literally, that, that's why I was late to service. I was walking to my bedroom reading that. I went in the other room, uh, offices, ironing a shirt. And I just, while the iron was heating up, grabbed that Bible and flipped it open. I felt like the Lord said, go something I want. Okay. And I read that. I'm telling you, you, you ought to get that. Just, you know, we'll post it on Facebook later too, or whatever. And, uh, but Psalm 91, the Passion Translation. I don't know about you, but that blessed me, Amen. Here's what my hope is. My hope is this, that your faith got charged today to believe God. That God is who he said he is. That God will do what he said he'll do. Come on, somebody. That there's no misfortune in your future. There's no trouble that can behold you. Come on. Just what I read you in Numbers 23, 19. And on through. I want you to know I love you, but more importantly, God loves you. And I literally close in prayer with this. Maybe you don't know the God that I know. You could be sitting in a church and not know the God that I know. I grew up in church, lived like hell, because I didn't really know God. Knew about God, knew religion, but I didn't know God himself. I told you, religion sucks, but relationship with God is everything. That might sound harsh, but it's true. Maybe you want to know this God. It's very simple today. Please, if you got to move, just sit tight for like a minute and a half. Don't be a distraction. Very simply, you want to know the God of heaven, just like this. You believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, and thou shalt be saved. That's what Romans 10.9 tells us. We know that we've all been born in shaping and sin and iniquity, but here's the thing. We've been made 
brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. You just have to receive Christ as your Savior and make a commitment to live for Him. It's not just about saying a prayer. It's about having faith in the prayer you said, but then also making a lifestyle change, making a commitment to live for Him day in and day out. It says we love to sing, falling in love with Jesus. How do I do that? Very simply, just say, repeat this after me, but you must do it in faith from your own heart. I can't do it for you. A priest can't do it for you. Mother Mary, wonderful as she was, couldn't do it for you. Only you can give your heart to God himself. Only you can make a decision and a choice to follow Christ with everything that's in you and experience this great God that I talked about today. So Father, repeat after me, everybody, if you would, but only do it in faith if you're going to do it. If not, then don't do it at all. Say, Father... In Jesus' name, I ask for forgiveness. I trade my sin for your salvation. God, I believe you're my Father. Heaven is my home. Father, I receive this free gift of salvation today. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me my sins. I receive full acceptance and everything you have for me. Father, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk a life full of the Spirit that doesn't gratify the flesh, but pleases you. I love you. Thank you for this gift today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on now, if you said that prayer, we got Bibles, we'll give you all kinds of stuff, but do me a favor. Let's just take 10 seconds and give God a mighty clap and a shout of praise. I love you. More importantly, God loves you. The Peckville Assembly, God loves you. I'll tell you this. This week, Numbers 23. Make it a point every day from here to the end of the year. And Psalm 91 in the Passion Translation. We started Numbers 23, 19 through 25. Notice, God's on the throne. Jesus is coming back, living light of his return. Pray, get out and vote Tuesday. If you don't vote, I better not hear a word out of your mouth the next four years. Amen. In Jesus' name. I love you. Have the best week of your life. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.